Hello and welcome to the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. We have a great show today, so stay tuned. Hot Rod, and I have a very special guest today taking the place of Jay Sauce, Davidson superstar Gibson Bornellis. How's it going, Gibson? Good, happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Very glad to have you here, and a pleasure to have you on our podcast. So, yeah, uh, today for you guys, we have uh, the draft analysis of what went on last night during the NBA draft and all the good stuff and the trades, and I'm figuring out where each player going to spend most of, if not the rest of their careers. So jumping right into it, the Philadelphia 76ers got the first overall pick in a trade from the Boston Celtics. In the trade, the Celtics sent the number one pick to the Sixers for the number three pick and a future pick, either the Lakers pick next year, which is protected, or this Sacramento Kings pick in 2019. What do you think about the trade, Gibson? I think it was good move on both parts actually with the 76ers jumping up to number one they can pick whoever they want so they were going to get the guy that they want i think getting full in my opinion right now is the best player in the draft all around so i think the 76ers definitely got a steal but looking from the celtics point of view i think it helps them also because they still got number three pick and i think getting a future pick could help with you know any trades that they're thinking about doing and i think everyone knows that everyone and their mom is trying to get paul jordan right now so i think that's a good building block if they want to use it. And I mean, if they don't, I mean, they just have another potential lottery pick either next year or the year after. So I think it was a good move on both parts, actually. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it works great for both teams. In my opinion, I think the 76ers got the better of it right now. But in the future, obviously, it looks like the Celtics got the better of deal. So I think they're both win-wins for the situations that they're both in. And that's really what teams want nowadays. They both want to win-win. And that's really one of the first deals that I've seen both teams in a win-win situation. So moving on, the first overall pick ended up being Markel Fultz. How do you think he will fit with the Sixers? All I can say is I think the process has been trusted. I think him with Simmons and Embiid, I think that's just... I think the word big three has been used around. I wouldn't say necessarily that, but they'll be an exciting group to watch. And you throw Sark in there, who's up and coming, good player. I, I think it's really good because Simmons, whether Simmons or Fultz brings the ball up the floor, they'll both learn to adjust to play off the ball. You can throw Fultz at either the one or the two, and Simmons is just a nightmare matchup wherever he's at. Those two will learn to work together. I mean, Embiid, I think he played about between 30 or 40 games this year, and he was just as dominant as any rookie. He'll only grow as his body gets stronger. The training staff will help limit injuries, so he'll continue to just get more dominant. And then Sark, is, he's just the glue guy. He'll, if someone's not having a good night, I mean, he's a guy who can come and drop and give you 20 and 10 any night. Not consistently yet, but I mean, as a 20-year-old who can do that, I mean, that's really big for them. So they have a good starting core right now. I'm really excited to see what they'll do this offseason to see if they go out and get a star or a veteran to pair with those guys to kind of lead them in how to win, or if they just say, we're going to roll with these four and let them develop together. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think that he's a great fit. He's the perfect fit in this draft for Ben Simmons to play full-time point guard. I think he is the perfect complementary piece, whether he can be on the ball, off the ball, coming off of screens. He pretty much has the full package in terms of offense. And with Simmons not being a very good shooter, I think that helps out a lot. Having him have the ball in his hand and creating and making plays with his passing ability or Fultz will be a great asset to them and that's without mentioning Joel Embiid who already looks like a top five center in the league 20 games so they have a really bright future right now and you could peg me right now as a fan I will be watching them in the future that's for sure moving on to the next pick the Lakers going with the guy that everyone knew they were going to get all along Lonzo Ball what do you think about that one I think he's a good player, explosive, he can shoot. I think his offensive game will only expand. The Lakers with this pick, I think, made a power move and showed that they're going to make this guy the face of their franchise. If they were at one, that they'd still pick him. With this being Magic Johnson's first big move with the Lakers, I think he's showing that they're going to go with this guy. I mean, we'll talk about this later, but with the D'Angelo Russell trade, what he showed that he's expecting Lonzo Ball to become a superstar. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They all believe that he'll become that. And with that, I think... They believe that he'll attract other stars in the future. So, you know, I think he'll he'll have a decent rookie season. I think he'll struggle a little bit at the beginning because it is L.A. And he is, in, I think, my opinion, now the face of the franchise. But I think he'll grow a lot in the next three years to where he'll be superstar that Magic Johnson and the rest of the Laker front office is expecting him to be. Yeah, I completely agree. I honestly think that he can even have the potential to be a lot better right away than most guys because one he has the keys to the franchise already and two he's just one of those guys that he just makes everyone else around him better and that's what I think Magic Johnson saw in the difference between him and D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is more of a score first mentality with the ability to pass and Lonzo Ball is the opposite so I think that Magic Johnson saw a lot of himself in Lonzo Ball, and that's what really made him want to grab him at number two. And I completely agree with that pick. I I like that pick for the Lakers. And if they can find a way to get Paul George and another superstar with the extra cap space that they're going to have next year following the D'Angelo Russell trade, I think they can build something really special here to compete with the Warriors and whoever else is, is in the West. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree with that. Moving on to the next pick, uh, the Boston Celtics, who had the first pick, traded down to the third pick. They ended up selecting Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum is an interesting pick with Josh Jackson still on the board. Even though there's ESPN reports all day saying that the Celtics were going to take the Celtics were going to take Jason Tatum. I think that he's a good fit for them if they don't grab anyone this summer in terms of. Gordon Hayward or Paul George if they decide to trade for him or I would say Jimmy Butler but he got traded before the night started so he's out of the running for that Uh, we'll get back to that later but with Jason Tatum I think he gives them a different type of player that that they have Uh, they've drafted Jalen Brown last year they have Jay Crowder on the wing they have Marcus Smart who could play a couple of those guard spots he gives them a different dimension uh he's more of like a isolation go-to guy like he could be maybe like a younger version of Melo or Paul Pierce back in the day so he's a guy that could have great upside for them and could turn into like a 20 point per game score later on in his career once he grows into his body and gets better I like the pick for the sole purpose that it gives them someone who can create their own shot, someone else. I think with 
IT, I mean, IT is a great player, but IT can't carry a team by himself. I think we saw that conference finals when they struggled to play without him. I think this gives them another go-to weapon if IT's having a bad night. They're a great defensive team, and that's how they do score a lot of their points from their defense. But when you can't score on the offensive side and not have to rely on one player to make everyone else great, it, it just helps expand the floor a lot. And I think that's what this pick was all about. I think with Josh Jackson, he's just a better version of Jalen Brown, in my opinion. But with Tatum, like you say, he adds a different dynamic. And being able to be that other score that they can go to, I think that that helps them be more of a diverse team offensively. Yeah, I completely agree. And speaking of Josh Jackson, he was our next pick, number four to the Phoenix Suns. How do you like that fit? I like it. I think wing is a, a position that they struggle at for the past, I think, five years that that's something that they've been looking to upgrade. I think that they hit the jackpot with Josh Jackson. I mean, the guy's athletic. The guy can play both ways. And I mean... Yeah, people say he's not a great shooter, but that's something you can develop. That's not something that all it takes is a ball in a gym to develop that. So that's not extraordinary that he won't be able to do. So I like it. I mean, he'll step, he'll slide in immediately into the three spot, be their starter on day one, opening night. And um, I think he'll, you know, I, I'm curious to see how the Suns will use him. That franchise the past few years has just been a little all over the place. So I'm curious to see how he'll fit in offensively. I know defensively, I mean, he's probably going to be on the other team's best wing, but I'm just excited to see what how they'll use him. Yeah, I think he'll also be on everyone's best player every night due to the fact that Devin Booker, they want to save him on offense and he isn't very good on defense. I think that's what makes him a great fit for them because they needed that guy. They needed that athletic three that could maybe play a little small ball four if they want to go small or they won't even go big and put him at the two he's athletic enough he'll develop the jump shot i think but even without the jump shot he's pretty athletic enough to drive to the basket and he's a pretty good passer as well for a guy his size so he can do a little bit of everything he reminds me a little of my guy justice winslow coming out of college can do a little bit of everything Justice came out day one and was an elite defender. So I can definitely see that in Josh Jackson. And Uh we'll just see where the Suns can go with this young nucleus of Justin Jackson, Devin Booker, Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Chris, Drogden Bender. They have a lot of young pieces. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do this offseason. Maybe they could grab a big fish or a couple veterans to lead these guys in the right direction. So moving on to our fifth pick, one of my favorite picks of the night, the Sacramento Kings ended up picking De'Aaron Fox from Kentucky. What do you think about that pick? I like it. I think he's going to step in and be a great player defensively. I think that he shows that in that NCAA tournament, especially when he played UCLA, that he doesn't back down from competition. Going into that game, everyone thought that Lonzo and them were just going to do whatever they wanted. Fox showed that when the competition is, when the game's on the line and competition is high, that he'll rise up to the occasion. I like this pick. I think, you know, he'll come in, start day one, and he'll grow. He's another guy just like Josh Jackson, who is a great defensive player and might not have a great jumper, but that's something you can improve. He'll end up being, I like to compare him to to John Wall, kind of. Coach Cal is comparing him to John Wall, too. I think he's quick like John Wall. He's a good point guard like John Wall. I mean, you know, John Wall came in, his jumper was a question mark for him, and I mean, he's improved that, so I think De'Aaron Fox will follow along that path. And whether he becomes a good, as good as John Wall, I think that's, you know, yet to be determined. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that De'Aaron Fox is the guy that 
they were missing once they traded Boogie Cousins. I think he could come in day one and be a great leader for that team. They have a lot of nice young pieces from the trade. At first, a lot of people gave them a lot of bad credit for that trade, but looking back at it now, it looks like they got the better of that deal. They got a first round pick from the Pelicans. They got Buddy Heald and a couple other players that were just salary dumps that they'll have off the book this year. And they, I think they did a good job in what they could get from boogie rather than letting him go away so with, with drafting fox i think that that helps them move in the right direction and he'll be great for them on defense and i could remember watching him at kentucky and i'm like this guy is so quick clearly reminded me of john wall and i just think that he's the right guy for them and from the reports it looks like he was their guy as well he they were even looking to trade up and get him so they got lucky that he fell down that far and they got a great player so at number six the orlando magic selected six ten forward from florida state jonathan isaac uh to be completely honest with you I, i'm a little confused with this pick honestly i think he's a good player but with the magic they draft guys who are kind of in this mold who like kind of don't really have a set position kind of like a aaron gordon i mean very athletic guy, but he's stuck between a three and a four. Just like I think Isaac will end up being stuck between a three and a four. I mean, he's definitely athletic enough to play the three, but quickness-wise, I guess maybe something that's a concern. And he's just, you know, he'll grow into his body. But right now, I mean, he's six ten, about two twenty, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I think that's he'll have to improve on strength. But with the Magic, I I don't know where they could have really gotten here. I think Isaac. I think they just went on the best best player available. I think Isaac just going into there, I don't, it wasn't a clear cut pick to me. Why, other than that, he was just the best player available. I really don't see how he fits into what the Magic are trying to do. I think with the Magic, they just got new management and Mm -hmm. they're looking towards a new direction. And the guy they hired was the guy that was in Milwaukee and he's the one that drafted Giannis. So I can see where he wants to draft like the long, linky, freaks of nature type of guys. But like you said, the fit with him and Aaron Gordon I don't know if that will be a great fit. Uh, we'll just have to see what they do this offseason to sort of add more shooting or help balance out the roster a little more because now you have Aaron Gordon in your lineup and Alfred Payton and Jonathan Isaac, three guys that don't really shoot the ball very well. I mean, Jonathan Isaac has had some flashes of hitting three-pointers and stuff but he's still a rookie and he's still gonna have an adjustment period so I wouldn't count him as being a great shooter this year so you have three guys technically in your starting lineup that aren't really good shooters in a day that three-point shooting is like the most valuable thing so I see what the Magic are trying to do but at the same time that the new GM was put in a bad spot and I can see where he's trying to go with it moving on to the next pick number seven before this pick we're going to talk about the uh, trade that went along with this pick the Chicago Bulls ended up trading Jimmy Butler and the number 16th pick to the Minnesota Timberwolves for the number seven pick Chris Dunn and Zach Levine what do you think about that trade the Timberwolves definitely won this trade I mean yeah they gave up a seventh pick but 
they got, I think you said it was the 16th pick back, and you get Jimmy Butler. I mean, you pair Jimmy Butler with Wiggins, and then you have Carl Towns there, and then you let Ricky Rubio run the show. I mean, that's just... That seems just a dangerous team. And then the Bulls here, they felt pressured to trade Jimmy Butler because I do believe that this is the same trade that they got offered last year for Jimmy Butler, and they said no. I don't really understand why they said yes because, yeah, you get the seventh pick, but you're getting Chris Dunn, who, I mean, had a, at best, I think, average rookie season, and you're getting Zach Levine, who's coming off a torn ACL. Not saying that he won't be what he was before, but that's a big if. They trade away a certain dominant player in Jimmy Butler for three ifs and are going to hope that they just pan out. And I think that in the long run will hurt them. I don't think they actually got enough from this trade. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that the Minnesota Timberwolves committed highway robbery by the way they took Jimmy Butler from the Bulls. And what really baffles me about this trade is how they ended up getting the 16th pick back. I don't know what caused the Bulls to decide that that was a great trade for them, but Minnesota has to be kicking their heels up on their desk, laughing and having a good time because they just got one of the top 10 best players in the league for almost nothing. I just don't understand what caused the Bulls to make this trade, especially with Jimmy Butler having two more years at least on his contract. They had all the leverage. They could have held him for more. So yeah. I, I'm just confused as to why they sent him for that. But props to the T-Wolves for making a great trade for them. They, yeah, so they got a sure. top 10 player in the league with one of the rising top 10 players in the leagues in Carl Towns. And Andrew Wiggins is was also a number one pick and also has the potential to be a top player in the league. So now they have three guys and Ricky Rubio who can run the show, like you said, and be one of those teams in the West now that are fighting for the top. So I think the Tibble has got a great deal out of this. I would give them an A+. I think they won draft night with this trade. And I'd give the Bulls an F for the trade because I think that they could have gotten a lot more for a player of Jimmy Butler's talent. And they got him for... Zach Levine, like you said, a guy who tours ACL, who relies so much on athleticism, one. And two, Chris Dunn, who was the number five pick last year, but didn't really show much but a little bit of defense last year. Maybe he pans out, maybe he doesn't. But like you said, it's a lot of maybes uh, for the Bulls in this trade when they gave up something very certain. But with that seventh pick, they ended up picking Lori Markinen, the seven-footer from Arizona, seven-foot shooter. What do you think about the pick? I think they just saw, you know, a seven-footer who, you know, could shoot. And in an era now where shooting is, you know, something that you need, I think that the Bulls saw that. And I think them getting done and Levine back for Butler, I didn't feel like they felt the need to go out and get a wing. So they looked for who they thought was the best big man available, and that's what they're going to do. That's why they picked him. So this is also another pick. I think it's another if. I mean, I don't know if he'll start right away because, I mean, you'll, you'll start Lopez at the five, but I think Bobby Portis I mean, showed a decent amount of, you know, progression throughout last season. So I think he'll be fighting with Bobby Portis to for that four spot at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think that they're just trying to go full rebuild. I know Lloyd Markinen looks the part and seems like he can be a great seven-footer that was arguably the best shooter in this draft. And he has a lot of like the Dirk Nowitzki tendencies, but will he ever get to that level? We don't know. But I was just confused as to why they took him. And there were a bunch of other guys still on the list that they could have taken 
Um, even though they already have Chris Dunn, he's a bigger guard. He's a guy that you could maybe even slide to the two. And you could have drafted a guy like Dennis Smith or Malik Monk at that time. Or even trade down and get more picks, especially if you're going through a rebuild. Trade down, get more yeah. picks, and try to find like the next shirt thing. But they picked Laurie Markkinen, and they got two other significant young pieces. And we're going to see what they do with that and the offseason as well. All right, so number eight, the New York Knicks. Phil Jackson takes his guy, Frank Nita from France. What do you think about that pick? Uh, I think it shows, in my opinion, I think it shows that the D. Rose era in New York is short-lived but done. I think Phil is probably going to stick with this guy. Six-five point guards, that's just a matchup nightmare right there. So I like the pick. You know, uh, they just went with what they wanted and got what they wanted. So I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's a good pick, and I hope it works out for them. Yeah, I think that they picked him just for his fit in the triangle. Uh, He seems like he'd be a perfect fit for the triangle in the sense that he's one of those guards that doesn't need the ball all the time to be effective. He looks like he has great defensive potential, and he could be a great second or third guy to Kristaps Porzingis. So I actually don't mind the pick as much as I would say others, but I think that they could have went with a Dennis Smith or Malik Monk here as well. So I just think that they reached a little bit by getting frank but he could fit their system very well so moving on to number nine the dallas mavericks select dennis smith and in my opinion i think they got a steal uh they were looking for a point guard all off season reports were that they were even going after kyle lowry and drew holiday but they got their point guard of the future here in dennis smith and really athletic guard can really get buckets he reminds me of a little bit of russell westbrook in a sense uh when he played at nc state and he can really light it up and he's one of those guys that he lives for the moments i remember he played against duke this year and had 30 points in cameron and nc state pulled out a win against duke so he's one of those guys that will show up in big moments and dallas got their guy yeah i completely agree with everything you said i think dallas is just looking to compete again and i think compete like you said rises up to the moments and i I like the fit i mean with you know mark trying to send dirk off you know with as many wins as possible he's always trying to wheel and deal and just get always keep the maps competitive and i think this is a move that doesn't necessarily bring them back to you know playoff contenders but it's a step in the right direction so i like the pick moving down to number 10 this pick was originally for the Sacramento Kings, but they traded it to the Portland Trailblazers for 15 and 20. I think this was a good trade for both teams. The Trailblazers had three first round picks and felt like they had enough ammunition to move up and grab someone they really wanted, and they did it. And they got Zach Collins from Gonzaga. What do you think about the pick? I like them all. The Trailblazers, I mean, they're a very perimeter oriented team, and I think Zach Collins. Especially the national championship game showed that he has some post and can just work in the post. So I think it'll help expand the game and you know not make the characters you know, premier oriented. Yeah, I think that he's a great pickup for them, and I think that he's a good fit with Nurkic if they want to go big and. He can also be a guy that can spell Nurkic if Nurkic is in foul trouble or needs a breather. He's a good fit, pick and pop guy with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. He could be a pick and roll guy. He could catch some oops. I really like his fit with them. And if he develops into the player that we think he can be, I think the Blazers got a really great player. Moving down to number 11, 
uh, one of the bigger surprises of the draft. The Charlotte Hornets select Malik Monk number 11. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to go a lot higher. Even in some mock drafts, they had him going to number 6 to the Magic. So the slide from 6 to 11 is pretty big in terms of money. Malik Monk lost a lot of money last night. But at the same time, I think he landed on a pretty decent team that's on the way up. I, I like this pick. With the Warriors, I think they're just a team who needs other guys who can score besides Kimba. I mean, they're, in my opinion, a great defensive team with having Batum and Gilchrist. But I think they needed another wing or, you know, two guard who could put points up. And Malik Monk is a microwave scorer. Once he gets started, he's he's going off. So I like the pick. I think it'll be interesting to see how him and Kimba work together and whether he'll be, whether they'll start him or he'll be more like a bench guy. I think he reminds me a little bit of Lou Williams in a way. I think he'll, Great I think personally that the Hornets will bring him off the bench and just let him be that microwave off the bench. I think he's one of those guys that can just come off of screens and he can have the ball and run, pick and roll. And he's a guy that could be featured in a lot of offensive roles. And I'm just thinking about him and Kemba together. Those guys can be very dangerous together. I think the Hornets got a really great pickup here at 11. And I think that's one of those guys that they didn't really expect him to be there with that pick. And he was there and they picked him up. And I think that he's a great pickup for them. The One of the things that I don't really like about it is that they're both smaller guards. So teams with bigger guards might be able to pick on them a little bit. But offensively, I don't really see a lot of teams that can have the offensive burst that those two guys can have from the Hornets. And another thing with the Hornets is they traded for Dwight Howard from the Hawks before the draft. And so they have a lot of good pieces to make a really good defensive team, like you said. And with Dwight Howard, they can play him in an Al Jefferson role and just have him do pick and rolls with Kemba and Malik Monk and Batum even. And he sets great screens and he's one of those guys that in a limited role, he could be like Dwight Howard again. But yeah. I don't think we'll see him in a featured role, but in a limited role, he can do those things that he was once known for. So moving on to number 12, the Detroit Pistons select Duke guard Luke Kennard. I personally think that this was a good pick, especially with Contavious Caldwell-Pope heading into free agency. I think they'll retain him with any offer, but mm-hmm. let's say a team like the Nets gives him a ridiculous offer. I can yeah. see them maybe saying, you know what, we got one of the guys we were looking for in the draft and Luke Kennard and we got him and Luke Kennard's one of those guys that can just score like he can score in a variety of ways he's a really good shooter he's one of those guys that's sneaky athletic like you look at him you don't think he's that athletic but get him on the floor in gym shoes and he'll he's just a gamer so I think that they got a really good pickup in him and even if Cattle Pope does come back he could be one of those microwave scorers off the bench and bring energy on nights when the team isn't playing well. Yeah, with the Pistons, I mean, shooting is, like you said, is something that is valuable in this league. And I think they're a team who could use some shooting, and they got that here. I think with Caldwell Pope going into free agency, I think not necessarily that Luke Kennard could just step in and start, but he's a guy who could help fill that void if they were to lose him. I wasn't expecting them to take him here. I mean, now looking at how he'd fit, I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I, I agree as well. At number 13, the Denver Nuggets traded the 13th pick to the Utah Jazz for number 24 and Trey Lyles. What do you think about that trade? 
you know, I think Trey Lyles didn't really pan out like the Jazz thought he would. I, I think he's another guy who was just out of position, really. We'll, we'll see how it works out for him. I think, you know, going to Denver, they got a lot of nice young pieces, so we'll, we'll see how they use all those pieces. But I think with the Jazz selecting Mitchell, he's a really athletic guy. But I think my question is, for them to get another wing with all the wings they have, is this just them preparing if Hayward leaves or are they basically showing that they're leaning more to knowing that Hayward is going to leave or did they just really want him that bad? I think with the Jazz, like you said, I think that they're sort of preparing for life after Hayward if it comes to that. And also Donovan Mitchell is just one of those guards that he's just oozing with potential and a team like the Jazz needs guys like that. Like, they're not going to go and get marquee free agents, and they're not going to, you know, trade for, like, free agents to have them sign extensions. So they have to do it through the draft or even free agency and try to get cheaper guys and have them play well more than their contracts. So getting a guy like Mitchell and taking a chance on him is something that they needed to do. Even if they do get Hayward back, I really like the fit with with Hayward, and he's one of those guys that can be really great defensively. He's like six four, six five ish, but has like a six ten, six eleven wingspan. So he's one of those guys that can be really good on defense. And once he gets his outside shot going and his pull up game going, he can be one of those guys that can be a really underrated player in this league. So moving on to my team. Uh, the number 14th pick, the Miami Heat select Edris Bam Adebayo. What do you think about this pick? At first, I was very confused with where the Heat were going with this pick, but I can kind of understand it now. I, I don't think they needed to get any wings. I think they're full of wings. And I think he's just very athletic. He's a, you know, high-energy guy, and he can step in there behind Whiteside when Whiteside needs a breather. Not bring necessarily the same defensive, not be as dominant as Whiteside on the defensive end, but you know, he'll bring the same energy that Whiteside does, if not more. And I think he's athletic enough to, you know, help defend the pick and roll. With the pick and roll being, you know, such a big play these days, you have to have bigs who can not necessarily guard, you know, smaller guards, but at least make life tough on them. And I think he's a guy who can help that. And with Miami, with a team that prides themselves on defense so much, when you get a guy who's high energy like this and, you know, can switch on the pick and rolls, it just makes it that much easier for all the guys around it. So... At first, I did not understand the pick that much, but I am a believer in Pat Riley, so I don't question what he does. And once looking back on it, I do understand why the pick was made. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. At first, I was like, yeah, I'm out of bio. I mean, I knew who he was from watching Kentucky games, but that's not someone that was on their radar at all well, from reports and stuff. So that took me by surprise, but looking into it, more and more and more he definitely grew on me i'm really excited about this pick now that the heat took and even in the intro press conference pat riley was like he reminds him of sean kemp and there are a lot of comparisons of him to kevin garnett and i'm just like well if anyone else had the chance to get either of those guys at 14 would they not have done that so i think that if he pans out to be even 50 to 75% of what Kevin Garnett was, the Heat got a steal in this draft. So I think that he can be a really good player. And they were saying how, like, at Kentucky, he didn't really shoot much. He didn't really have much of an outside shot. But in the workouts, he was hitting threes. And 
there were even reports saying that the Hornets were going to get him at 11 if Malik Monk wasn't there. So there's a lot of teams that really liked Bam. And I'm really glad that he got him because if he's really hitting outside shots, a big guy like that, that's super athletic and can shoot, he can be a great piece for the Heat, especially playing alongside of Whiteside and the way they like to play. So I really like that pick. That pick definitely grew on me. And we'll just have to see how that goes for the Heat. So we're done with the lottery part of the NBA draft. For the rest of the draft, or for the rest of the first round at least, we'll just kind of shotgun through it and give our takes a little quicker than we did with the first 14 picks and we'll touch base on a few picks in the second round as well so moving on to number 15 this was one of the two picks that the sacramento kings got from the portland trailblazers and they picked justin jackson i like the pick personally i think he's a good fit for them and he could take rudy gay spot in the lineup in their youth movement as well yeah, I like the pick too. I mean, with the youth movement, the guy's a good defender, can shoot, so I don't see why you wouldn't want him on your team. So moving on to number 16, the pick that the Bulls sent to the Minnesota Timberwolves, they ended up picking Justin Patton. Uh, Justin Patton's out of Creighton. He's one of those big men that oozes with a lot of potential but isn't really ready to play right now. He's one of those guys that can shoot a little bit for a seven-footer and can put the ball on the ground a little bit. So I think Minnesota is really going to just pick him up and try to mold him into a player that can maybe play alongside of Carl Towns or something like that. Yeah, I agree with what you just said. I think we'll see how he pans out, but a risky but you know, a high upside pick, so we'll see how it pans out for him. Next pick, the Milwaukee Bucks select DJ Wilson from Michigan. Uh, he's one of those guys that uh, long and lanky. That's who they like to pick. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo might be the longest and lankiest player I've ever seen in my life. So that's the direction they like to go. And they pick DJ Wilson. And he's a guy that can put the ball on the ground, can shoot threes, can play a little defense. A lot of comparisons I've heard about him is Lamar Odom, a little bit like Lamar Odom. So if he can play like Lamar Odom, I think the Bucks got a great player here at 17. Just with long and lanky, I mean, they make it tough for teams to score. So, I mean, especially since the fact, I mean, he can shoot a bit too. It's just a package that they like. So, yeah, I can see why they picked him. Mm-hmm. Moving on to number 18, Pacers select TJ Leaf out of UCLA. He's one of those guys that is a little smaller in terms of weight, but he's tall, 6'10", and can shoot. He'd be a great pick-and-pop guy in, in Indiana, and I think that he could be a good fit alongside Miles Turner, who can shot block and can shoot as well. And in my opinion, the four was the only position that they were lacking in, the Pacers, so I think... I can see why they went to the four here. I mean, especially a guy who can shoot, that helps them. Like you said, uh, shooting is very valuable, so you can never get enough of it. So I can see why they picked him. Well, the three spot's about to be a big goal for them, too. But we'll, we'll get into that later. Number 19, the Atlanta Hawks select John Collins. I really like John Collins coming out of it into the draft but i think that the hawks used him as sort of like a replacement for paul Millsap. i think that they're probably going to let him go and they're not going to pay him and with the dwyer howard trade it looks like they're about to hit the reset button and go into a rebuild yeah Yeah, I, i agree with that so it's just preparing for life after Millsap. so if he pans out he pans out if not it's kind of like a risk you have to take but we'll see how that works out for him yeah, number 20, the second of the two picks that the Sacramento Kings got from the Portland Trailblazers, they select Harry Giles from Duke. Harry Giles was coming into college last year, number one, if not number two ranked player 
in the country but tore his ACL twice in high school and sort of worked his way back onto the court and wasn't really himself so the Kings are taking a big reach here drafting Giles at 20 but if he pans out I mean this will probably be one of the bigger steals of this draft yeah it is a risk but I think with the amount of people they do have in the front court it's a risk that they can take so I mean, we'll see how that works out for him. I do like the pick. I think he could end up being really good. And if he does, great for them. If he doesn't, I mean, this youth movement won't stop because he's not good. So I think it's a win-win situation in a sense. Because if he doesn't pan out, I mean, that's just less competition for Scal and Willie Cauley-Stein. So it's a win-win in the Kings' eyes in the situation. Yeah, and I think the Kings had one of the better drafts that I've ever seen them have and behind the T-Wolves I think they had the best draft of the night in my opinion so later on they ended up getting Frank Mason from Kansas in the second round so they got a really interesting draft haul and they have a lot of nice young pieces so I think they are headed in the right direction and they can be one of those teams that has a really really bright future. Number 21 the Oklahoma City Thunder select Terrence Ferguson from Australia. One thing about Terrence Ferguson, uh, he's one of those guys that bypassed college basketball and went to go play overseas. He was originally committed to Arizona, but ended up leaving Arizona and going to play professional basketball in Australia. And I personally think that hurt him a little bit. He was one of those guys that was projected to be a lottery pick coming into the year and it hurt him and he fell down to the 21st pick but I think the Thunder got a really good potential 3 and D guy especially with Russell Westbrook in his prime years they need a lot more of those guys and and he's also one of those guys that can be an insurance for Andre Roberson if he leaves I think he's a pretty good shooter I think he does have a lot of development to go but I think the Thunder here were just looking for shooting so that's why he was grabbed up Ah, moving on to the next pick, uh, number 22, Jarrett Allen from Texas. Big man, 6'11", 7 foot. He was drafted to sort of replace Brooke Lopez. We haven't talked about the trade much, but the Nets send Brooke Lopez and one of their first-round picks, D'Angelo Russell and, and Timothy Mozgov. What do you think about the trade? I think... Um, Lakers were basically saying that, you know, this is, we're getting rid of, getting rid of Russell to bring him the Lonzo Ball era, and I think, you know, with the um, Lakers getting Brooke Lopez back, I, I do think it's, it gives them a Lopez present. I mean, Kud Lopez is a good player. He's just unfortunately been, you know, on the Nets who have struggled in the past years, but let's not forget that he is a good player. So I think it adds to the, it adds to the team a little bit, it gives them a guy who can score on his own. Yeah, and I completely agree. I think that the Brooklyn Nets got a really good player out of this trade. They got D'Angelo Russell, who was the number two pick a couple years ago. And for a team that doesn't have any assets and doesn't have any budding stars or young players, I think this was a great move for them. Even though they had to take on Timothy Mozgov's contract, they weren't signing any big free agents anytime soon. So I think that that was a great move and finding their own face of their own franchise because ever since that trade that gave up most of their draft picks and abilities to get young players, they missed out. And, and now by getting him, they have something to look forward to in the future. So moving on, the 23rd pick, the Toronto Raptors select OG Anopi. I think this as well could be one of the bigger steals if he pans out. Uh, He's one of those guys that everyone was high on him and he has like the same sort of measurements that Kawhi Leonard had coming out of San Diego State. So a lot of people compared him 
to Kawhi Leonard coming out. Will he ever be Kawhi Leonard? Probably not. But if he's even half of that, I'm sure that the Raptors would take that, especially at 23. So I think that was a great pickup for them there. Moving on to the next pick, the Utah selected Tyler Lydon from Syracuse, and he will be one of those guys that will be sent to Denver for the Donovan Mitchell trade. Tyler Lydon is one of those big men that can really shoot. That's what he's well known for at Syracuse, and I think that he gives the Nuggets a different type of player at that forward spot. And he's also a decent like rim protector as well. So he's one of those guys, if he grows into his body and matures a lot quicker than most would think, he could be an effective player moving forward. Moving on to the next pick, I'm just going to shotgun through the rest of these picks. Uh, we're running out of time here. The Orlando Magic selected Anzis Paznicks. Sorry, these names are very hard to pronounce he will be traded to the philadelphia sixers as well so a lot of teams doing a lot of movement down at the bottom of the draft the 26th pick the portland trailblazers selected caleb swanigan from purdue he's a big man that can shoot and he's bigger so he can rebound as well so portland's looking to beef up their inside presence especially with how Nurkic went down and they didn't have anyone at the end of the bench to sort of take over for him when they were in the playoffs against Golden State. So I can definitely see why they're beefing up the inside. Number 27, Brooklyn Nets select Kyle Kuzma from Utah. And at number 28, the Lakers selected Tony Bradley but traded him to the Jazz for number 30, which the Jazz had. And they selected Josh Hart from national championship team from last year to Villanova and I think he's a good glue guy for the Lakers especially with all the talent that they're trying to acquire he's one of those guys that could be one of those special role players moving forward he's one of those guys that could do a little bit of everything which would be a good glue guy for them and then moving backwards one pick the San Antonio Spurs selected Derek White from Colorado which I think is a good pick as well and anytime it's the Spurs picking anyone you kind of have to keep an eye out on them and watch them pan out because last year they took Duante Murray and he was a stud for them in the playoffs when Tony Parker went down so anyone the Spurs pick you might as well put a check right next to their name and assume that they're going to be good oh well that's it for the show today I really want to thank you Gibson for coming on to the show today and taking place of our co-star Jay Sauce appreciate you for having me yeah man it's a pleasure and for those listening uh you can always find us on itunes google play podbean or anywhere else that you can listen to our podcast i'm your host hot rod and thanks for listening stay tuned